0: Dolphins, and welcome into the Tuesday, September the 3rd edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, more roster moves as the Dolphins continue this purge, a promising defensive tackle and the GOAT. Now gone, we'll go over the article on LockedOnDolphins.com discussing the past, the present, the future of this organization with an off-season simulation. Plus, that simulation includes the Bama quarterback with the first pick. And we'll discuss the importance of getting that first pick, a detail on the character of Tua tonga from someone close to the Bama program. All of that and a whole lot more. But first, before any of it, I kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Wingfield NFL. Voted the number one follow on Dolphins Twitter by Dolphins Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Fins and LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the Locked On network. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts, like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast, for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Before we get started, the opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. And I guarantee you that Mark Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Let's go ahead and jump right in. That's another Miami Dolphins. Some roster news to report on Monday as the Dolphins made two more changes. A couple of surprises. Vince Taylor, the third year defensive tackle has been cut. And the reason for this is probably threefold. Number one, His preseason wasn't good. He had a bad camp and a bad preseason. He started off strong in training camp and then kind of fizzled. He was consistently on the third team defense. And then in the games, he wasn't really doing a whole lot against those backups. That was concerning. Number two, he's not really a scheme fit for this defense. There's going to be casualties as we turn this thing over as the roster is basically 80% new this year compared to last season. And Taylor's one of those guys that was more of an explosive speed type change of direction one-gap-get-up-field type of players. That's not what they want this defense to do. They brought in his replacement already. We'll talk about John Jenkins in just one second. But the final note here on Taylor... Injuries and conditioning are a big factor here as well. Taylor ended both of the last two years on injured reserve. He had some nicks throughout training camp. He's one of those guys that always has something going on with his body, and that's not something that's gonna fly with this new coaching staff. On top of all that, they talk about it. They want to be the best conditioned team in the league. Well, Vincent Taylor was one of those 20, 25 snaps per game type of guys when he was in his best shape because. He struggled to stay in shape. So Vincent Taylor, he's gone. I think he's a good player. He'll catch on somewhere else, and he could still have a very good career. I still have high hopes for Vincent Taylor. John Jenkins, a 2013 third-round draft pick of the Saints, was there for four years with the Seahawks and Bears in 2016 and 2017, respectively. He was with the Giants last year and into camp this year. So this is his fifth team in five years, but he's going to be your nose tackle. The Dolphins picked him up on Monday. He's your Danny Shelton, your 30% snap taker. 250 to 300 snaps this year. The kind of player you bring in on some of those 3-3-5 fronts, he's 350 pounds. He is your nose tackle and run stuffer. The biggest news for Dolphins fans, John Denny does not ride again. The Dolphins cut the long snapper, although they are at 52 guys on the roster now because of this move and Denny could be brought back for salary reasons would be the only reason you cut John Denny, the longest tenured Dolphin and 242 consecutive games played. For John Denny, that is now in jeopardy. The roster down to 52 guys. I suspect we'll see Denny brought back. Maybe some other guys, but that's kind of the harsh truth of the NFL. You cut a guy for week one, and then all of a sudden, his salary becomes not guaranteed, and you can pick him back up and basically toy with that guy and treat him like a total asset like this league tends to do. It's harsh, but it's the truth. Some other notes for you guys here. Went back and watched some more Julianne Davenport. The guy allowed 12 sacks last year, second most in the NFL, and there's plenty of physical reasons for that. He lacks power. He lacks quickness and kick slide out of his stance. He can get beat around the edge or with a bull rush right in his face. He doesn't redirect well or change directions well. He was ranked as the highest graded tackle in the wildcard round last season, but... What a weird distinction that is. I mean, honestly, who cares? He was the best of eight tackles on one day. Big deal. He was pretty bad every other week throughout the season, but I guess he's dirt cheap, so that's fun, I suppose. This guy's going to get the quarterback killed. I just don't see it with Julianne Davenport. And speaking of Davenport and getting quarterbacks killed, we are going to spend some time in this podcast talking about Tua Tungavailoa, who right now... Has to be the odds on favorite to start next season for this team when the rebuild commences. But we'll talk about the future of the quarterback position all season and off season long. And somebody brought up a point to me on Twitter that I wanted to address. But first, I had this thought on Tua in regards to drafting first overall. If you wind up with that first pick, that means you wind up with the 33rd pick, the first pick on day two, and the 100th pick, the first pick of day four or day three, rather, in the second and fourth round. Those picks are so, so very, very valuable and so very tradable since you have roughly 18 hours from the day before to work on those deals. So, those essentially are going to be more picks for this Dolphins team. They're going to turn around and deal that 33rd pick to a team that has the guy that fell down to the second round that was unexpected and wants to come up and give you an additional first round pick, maybe more second round picks, whatever it is. Miami's going to have that spot if they finish last. And it'll give them just more picks to add to their arsenal. So that's just one more positive about finishing last in a year that's going to be challenging where you might get four or five wins to encourage yourself. But the reality is winning two or three games and getting that first pick is the most valuable thing you can do for the franchise's long-term future and turning this thing from a bad football team into a perennial contender. Okay, we're going to come back on the other side and discuss the article up on LockedOnDolphins.com, taking a look at the Dolphins' past, present, future, and how they wound up here. But first, go over to DraftKings.com now and use promo code LOCKEDON. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And when you go to your fantasy draft, you got to be the most comfortable guy in the room. And Mac Weldon can help you achieve that. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics and is better than what you're wearing right now. And Mack Weldon has the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor for you fellows. They want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and they will send you a refund. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's socks, shirt, and underwear look good, they perform well too. It's good for working out, going to work, going out on a date, or just everyday life. I wear this stuff to the gym, to happy hour, when I'm just lounging around the house watching the dolphins. It's the essential men's clothing brand for everything you do in your life, ultimate all purpose functionality. And right now, for a limited time, you can get 20% off your first order. Just visit macweldon.com and enter promo code LOCKED ON. That's macweldon.com, promo code LOCKED ON. The suffering might be bad in 2019, but we should come out on the other side smelling like roses. And before we get into this article on LockedOnDolphins.com, where I'm going to explore the past, the present, and the future of this organization, how we wound up here, how we get out of it. But first, some news into the podcast, recording this early on Monday morning, so apologies for not being the most up-to-date imaginable, but Raekwon McMillan did return to practice on Monday, so that is encouraging. This linebacker group, as we'll talk about here in just one second, is my favorite position on the team, and getting Raekwon back for that is a big piece. So go over to LockedOnDolphins.com right now and follow along with me. This article is titled, Looking Back, Looking Ahead, and Everywhere in Between. And it discusses why the Dolphins are projected to finish last in the NFL. And you go back to the Mike Tannenbaum era. And basically, those accounting errors, those roster mismanagement errors... Or why the Dolphins are in this position where they have to cut salary, they have to cut talent, and try to push resources into the future and get themselves back to a quality baseline. Because Tannenbaum kind of destroyed that in many ways. And I know somebody that used to have a connection to the Dolphins front office, and he would refer to Mike Tannenbaum as the crack pipe because every time a notable veteran hit the market... Tannenbaum would start putting his ducks in a row to measure the premium he has to spend to go get that veteran, hence the crack pipe. And then he got Adam Gase, who was a fellow late-night lunatic that would never sleep and think about these ideas and knock on Dow Loggins' door at 2 o'clock in the morning to give him concepts and ideas. So Gase and Tannenbaum were all about the now, all about the immediate fix, which is a funny word considering Chris Forrester's time here. But you look at the contracts they used to fill these immediate needs and to just bandage over these roster holes and gaps. You talk about Kiko Alonso getting $29 million over four years 18.5 million bucks guaranteed for a middling linebacker. Defensive end, Andre Branch, probably the worst contract of them all. Three years, $24 million, 16.8 guaranteed. He's now out of the league. 2 years after that contract was signed, Lawrence Timmons 2 years 12 million, 11 of that guaranteed of course. Miami got out of some of those guarantees because he went AWOL. TJ McDonald 4 years 24 million, only 10 guaranteed, but still that was after one preseason game we saw him in Miami. Jay Cutler totally wasted 10 million bucks on that signing. Danny Amendola Two years, 12 million, 8.25 guaranteed, just a lot of bad contracts. And you can talk about Albert Wilson, Frank Gore, and even Josh Sitton, I think were all good decisions. But for the most part, it was bad free agent signings, compounded by drafting for immediate need to fill those holes. And that lack of long-term foresight is why we're here in 2019, completely clearing the decks and planning to remake this thing entirely from scratch. You go down the notable veteran departures compared to the arrivals. Jawan James, Cam Wake, Ryan Tannehill, Robert Quinn, Frank Gore, Danny Amendola, TJ McDonald, Larry Tunzel, Kenny Stills, Josh Sitton, Andre Branch, Ted Larson. That is a lot of talent going out the door. All you brought in at the veteran standpoint, Eric Rowe, Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Julianne Davenport, Danny Isadora, Evan Bohm, Sam Aguavin. So if you want to ask me where this team got worse... I mean, I didn't love most of those players in that first column. Jawan James and Cam Wake were great. Ryan Tannehill was a good player. Robert Quinn was a good player. So was Frank Gore. The rest, with Laramie Tunzel, obviously the side. He's a blue-chip talent. The rest are eh, but that's five or six guys I just discussed that are good players, and what do we bring back? Eric Rowe? I mean, Julian Davenport, Josh Rosen, where's the real win in that hall? It's all about the future. It's going to be a rough year, but better times are ahead. And so what I did in this piece was separated the roster into... each position by position, but with three subcategories. One, the current situation, two, the future need, and three, our projected resource allocation to that position. I've got 18 draft picks. I think after all those trades, I think that's where we are in the next two years. So I use those draft picks. I gave myself two premium free agent buys because of the salary cap allotment we have next year and two bargain free agent buys. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Right now at quarterback, we know about Fitzpatrick and Rosen. Fitzpatrick's contract expires after 2020. Rosen is here for the next three years cheap. The Dolphins are pretty much certainly going to spend a high draft pick on a quarterback next year, and that guy most likely competes with Josh Rosen for the starting job. At tailback, you've got Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balazs, Mark Walton, Patrick Laird, and Miles Gaskin, and even Chandler Cox, all on their first contracts. Of course, Drake could be gone next year, and if that does happen, Balage probably gets elevated into the 1A back with Walton and Laird as kind of the backup guys. And then from there, you could see Miami use one of those mid-round draft picks, we'll call it a fourth round pick to replace Kenyon drake at wide receiver i think this group could be good for the future it just depends on what happens with preston williams and jakeem grant and albert wilson can they all prove to be healthy and be the real deal if they can the dolphins can probably pass on the receiver group early but i don't know how likely that is so miami can probably spend one of those high to mid-round picks on a receiver unless preston williams proves to be the truth then you can probably just ignore it altogether At tight end, Gasicki, Smythe, and O'Leary. O'Leary's a free agent after the year. Gasicki and Smythe here for three more years. We'll see how those guys develop and how they grow because they are very different in what they do well and what they don't do well. O'Leary, a free agent after the year. I'd imagine they find his replacement with bargain free agency or a middle-of-the-road draft pick. Now, on the offensive line, this is where the resources are going to be sunk into because you swap out Larry Tunzel for Julianne Davenport, probably the greatest downgrade in the NFL this year, and then you've got Dieter, Calhoun, Reed, and Bohm who were here for multiple years. Jesse Davis has one year left on his contract, and Dan Kilgore has an out after the 2019 season, so I do believe that he probably will be out the door as well. The future, not so bright at this position, or maybe it is. Because the Dolphins do have a lot of low-risk investments in the group between Dieter and Prince and Calhoun. Two draft picks, one undrafted. Two guys they traded for the other day over the weekend to come in here and compete. I think Miami's going to pour resources into this group. I spent the 33rd pick in the draft, that first one of the second round, on a left tackle. I signed Lyle Collins or Joe Tooney. I'm going to say it's Collins because I think that Tooney gets a new deal in New England. And I also brought in a bargain level free agent to start on the offensive line. So between those three additions and hopefully some development from one of those many guys on the interior, like Dieter, like Chris Reed, like Shaq Calhoun, hopefully the Dolphins can round out a starting five next year that's actually competitive compared to what it is this season on the defensive side at the edge position we sunk some resources in here too because basically right now if charles harris is fool's gold There's almost nothing at the position. Jonathan Ledbetter's a great scheme fit, a great rotational piece. I think he'll be on the team for a long time. But if Harris doesn't work out, this group has to be remade. The Dolphins were in on Jadevian Clowney and Trey Flowers. So I figure they'll circle back to Clowney, but also maybe double up on the position with a top market free agent buy and with one of those second round picks they have to go after the edge position. Two big resources on the edge defensive line. On the interior defensive line, At top, it's good. Wilkins and Godshaw make for a very nice complimentary starting pair. Vincent Taylor now gone. John Jenkins now in. Christian Wilkins is in the first year of a five-year rookie deal with that fifth-year option, obviously, and Godshaw is due at the end of 2020. I imagine he'll be in line for a new contract here pretty soon, and we're going to have to get some more role-specific and rotational depth beyond these guys in free agency and the draft, so I suspect a maybe low-level free agent buy and some late draft picks to bolster the depth of the interior defensive line. I talked about linebacker being my favorite position on this team, and it totally is. Jerome Baker is poised for a breakout year. Well, I believe that Sam Egwavon might have been the best buy all offseason long. Those two guys are fit for the modern-day linebacker in the NFL. They can hit, they can run, they can cover, they can blitz. And Raquan McMillan back at practice, if he can return to his late 2018 form... This threesome is talented and built for today's NFL, and the Baker and Aguavin are under contract for three more years each, McMillan two more years. You add in Andrew Van Ginkle, four-year rookie deal, Vince Beagle, who I think complements Van Ginkle well as a sub-package pass rusher off the edge. I like this position group. There will be a minimal investment, if any at all, and I think that all three of those top guys prove to be very good players for this team going forward. At cornerback, we know about Xavier Howard. He's the Miami's lone proven elite player right now. I think Minka Fitzpatrick on the inside has a chance to be the next elite player on this defense. Eric Rowe looks great. Jamal Wiltz is a coach's pet right now that looks the part for the defense. Those four guys look good, but I think we're going to have to find out about Eric Rowe and that opposite position on the perimeter aside from Xavier Howard is it going to be Eric Rowe is it going to be a free agent next year I'm going to assume that Rowe stays healthy and if he does he plays so well within the structure of this defense that I think that the risky nature of his medical history could give him a team friendly deal for Miami and if it's not Eric Rowe another bargain level type of free agent plus a mid round draft pick we're going to call it a third at the cornerback spot And then the safeties, and I get this on Twitter. Every damn time I talk about safeties, I get the same backlash. Why are we going after safeties? Well, I'll tell you, because it's a disaster, and these are the positions that drive this defense. Bobby McCain transitioning to a new position. Is that going to work out? Rashad Jones won't be here beyond this year. I can pretty much guarantee you that. So we have Bobby McCain, a brand new safety And then is Minka Fitzpatrick a safety? I don't think so. I think he's more suited to play the slot cornerback position, the star position in this defense. So you pretty much need a whole remake here with at least two, maybe even three new replacements. That's why I'm using one of those first round draft picks, the non-Dolphins first round pick, the one that came over from Houston on Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. And the reason I specifically mentioned his name in this draft, which I haven't done with anybody else, is because his versatility, his flexibility, his size and speed combination, his recognition, he would be a dream pairing with Minka Fitzpatrick in terms of moving these guys all over the defense. It would be an ideal scheme fit. Exactly the kind of player Brian Flores looks at. So go check out this article on lockdowndolphins.com. Looking back, looking ahead, and everywhere in between, kind of assessing the past, the present, and the future of this Dolphins football team. And with football only five days away now, it's time to celebrate because football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The first one starts this Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, New users who sign up today on DraftKings using code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching games quite like having a shot at a $1 million payday. Get in on the season opener action, download the DraftKings app now, and use code LOCKEDON for a limited time. Both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500, and new users don't miss the extra special week one bonus. Enter code locked on to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code locked on only at DraftKings where you can make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And with a new season brings about all kinds of change across the NFL: Antonio Brown and Oakland, Le'Veon Bell with the Jets, Odell Beckham and Cleveland. But the one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games this season, that's My Bookie. My Bookie is the place to bet on football every single weekend of the calendar year. My Bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000 and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of huge cash prizes. Remember, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you bet, you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game. Right now, you can get up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. Double up your first deposit. Just use promo code On to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim that bonus. MyBookie. Bet. Win. Get paid. to uncover old wounds and scratch them up and make them bleed again, but I had a thought over the weekend that is there any doubt right now, given the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick won the opening day job, that Ryan Tannehill probably makes this team a better team on the football field. In fact, a lot of the guys they got rid of would have made this team much better. We just should have known this was coming when Steven Ross had those comments about winning some home games. But not winning too many games because they do want to go after that quarterback. I can even go back to these quotes from New Year's Eve when he announced the firing of Mike Tannenbaum and Adam Gase and promoted Chris Greer. Stephen Ross said, "quote We want a sustainable winner." even if it takes some time, key note there, we're going to look to rebuild this thing the right way and quote, he then would go on to say quote, today we are no further than when I bought the team. We've had a good young roster and attacked the remaining issues with some older free agents and a few draft picks, but to continue to operate under that practice would be the definition of insanity. We've done the same things over and over since I've been here and it lands us in that 6-10 to 10 to 10-6 and six range. That's not good enough. It's time for the organization to take a different approach end quote and the few draft picks point in there I think is the key he wanted more draft picks he was mad they didn't trade down when they picked Minka Fitzpatrick because he wanted more picks then the Dolphins explored trade avenues this past draft with the Steelers for Devin Bush it just didn't happen this team wants draft picks that's how they're going to build this thing through the draft like it or love it that's the plan and through that draft is where you're going to find your quarterback and let's just make this perfectly clear Every time I talk about these future quarterbacks, Josh Rosen is lumped into that group. He's part of the evaluation with all these quarterbacks because he has to be. Even if Josh Rosen plays like a top 15 or 12 quarterback and shows growth, are you going to pass on a guy that you think could be top three or top five in the league? That's where we're at. That's why we talk about these quarterbacks. And that's why we're discussing Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And I have some notes on the character and person that Tua is. You'll recall I put out a tweet on Sunday night talking about his family aspect and how his family traveled from Hawaii to be with him and his brother, who's also enrolled at Alabama, playing quarterback there right now. And Miami's only an hour and a half flight from Tuscaloosa. So that might be a benefit in terms of Tua deciding to come out early and forego his senior year because he's on track right now to graduate this year and I think the NFL is waiting for him and I have some quotes for you guys here these come from a guy who's very close to the Alabama program he's been on the podcast before discussing Minka Fitzpatrick and he gave me these quotes on Tua Tonga-Vailoa last night quote he has an ability to get guys to rally around him differently than anyone I've ever seen Obviously, the talent speaks for itself and helps in the locker room, but you just won't find anyone that has a bad thing to say about him as a person. He could be huge for a locker room that is pissed off about trading away top talent. And one more thing that stood out to me is the way he handled the situation of playing behind Jalen Hurts. Tua was better. And just about anyone could see that day in and day out, but he handled it. And when he got his chance, all he did was throw for three touchdowns in the second half and overtime and won the natty after we were shut out in the first half. He was still asked to compete for the job going into the next season and won it, but just look at the relationship he still has with Jalen. It was well-documented throughout last season when they were celebrating together as teammates, but even now, his Instagram story is him watching Jalen Hurts against the Houston defense tonight with his new team in Oklahoma. He also told me that Tua is as advertised. All the great things you hear about him as a person, as his character, is all for real. So you think that might be something the Dolphins coaching staff is interested in? I do other things I think they'll like the consistency in his mechanics he has such a smooth weight transfer and smooth gliding feet to get in and out of the pocket to get to the top of his drop to step up and that keeps pass rushers honest to their gap integrity because he can bell out but he can also stand in there under the face of pressure and drill the pass there are some concerns about his arm strength but I just don't see that there's plenty of it there he's a perfect scheme fit because of those consistent mechanics that always have his feet in the right place leads to high level accuracy. He's going to hit all the layups and keep the offense on schedule because Those small details in his game matter. He's going to have you in short down and distances. He's going to provide a perfect balance to the running game, get the offense into the right plays at the line of scrimmage, and he has the intermediate to downfield accuracy to burn you after he lulls you to sleep. On top of it all, he was pro football focus's highest graded quarterback in the intermediate range last year, 11 to 19 yards down the field. That's from a grade perspective and from an accuracy standpoint, and not just completion percentage, but the location of the football, which PFF tracks in terms of putting the ball in a spot where the wide receiver can run after the catch. Tua is fantastic. This is our guy. He's our guy, guys. He's it. Jordan Love could be better. He very well could be a better quarterback, but Tua is the safe bet, and you can put a championship team around him, and let's go right now. It's going to be Tua time on this podcast a lot this year, and in order to get him, the Dolphins probably going to have to finish last Unless the Texans want to do it for us, and that's how we'll wrap this podcast up today. A tweet from Evan Silva talked about how Miami made a good risk on buying or betting against, I should say, the Houston Texans having a good year this year because they're thin across almost all position groups. Their defense is kind of a mess. And listen to the first six games. They start the season in New Orleans on Monday night. Then they come back home for Jacksonville. They then go to the Chargers, home for the Panthers and Falcons, and then at the Chiefs they could be 0 and 6 and can you imagine if they're even just 2 and 4 or 1 and 5 and Miami's looking at a couple of top 5 picks potentially That could be fun. That could be franchise-altering the way Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward were for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, tomorrow is Wednesday, and that means we're going to get into the week of a game because the Dolphins do play a game in four days. We'll have crossover Wednesday for you guys. I'm going to predict Miami's record and the entire NFL and their records and playoff predictions because that's just so much fun to argue with everybody about. That's a joke. We'll have a full game preview later in the week. The lock of the week, the Twitter mailbag, college football Friday, and much, much more. But as for today on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, I'm going to go drink some beers and play some cornhole on this Labor Day. I hope all of your weekends were fantastic and long like mine was, but let's go ahead and get out of here. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your night. Everybody stay safe out there in the weather. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another edition of Of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.